Thank you for listening to Embassy City Church's audio podcast. We pray God speaks to you through this message and his word today. For more information on our church, please visit us at embassycity.com. All right, get your Bibles. Go to the Gospel according to St. John, chapter number 14. The Gospel of St. John, chapter number 14. I'm going to read several verses over chapters 14, 15, and 16, but uh, uh, I'll piece those scriptures together because I only want to focus on what Jesus is saying about the Holy Spirit. The title of this message, this is going to be fun, the title of this message is, I have to introduce you to my friend. That's literally the type, title of the message. I told Juliet this last night, and she thought I was like, like, like stopping what I was saying about what, tomorrow's message to like go, who's your friend? But that's the title of the message. I, I have to introduce you to my friend, okay? And you have to say it like that if you're going to tell somebody what the message was about. They're like, hey, what is, your pastor preaches. I have to tell you, to, I have to introduce you to my friend. You have to say it like that or it doesn't count, okay? Under, underneath that, put Holy Spirit 101, okay? This is, this is the basics. You want to know, know about the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, if, if you didn't grow up in a, in a church background and so you're confused by uh, the words charismatic or Pentecostal or spirit-filled or, or whatever new way they want to say it <laughs> to market to millennials, I don't know. Uh, uh, it's the same thing. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And so uh, that's what I want to talk about today. I'm going to read uh, verses four, uh, chapter 14, verses 15 through 17, then we'll pray and go straight in. Is that all right? Uh, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. He who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. It doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and will be with you, will be in you later. So I have to introduce you to my friend, Holy Spirit 101. Bow your heads. Let's pray over the word, shall we? Holy Spirit, make friends with a bunch of people today. Uh, I had the opportunity to do, do a, a wedding over the weekend, to officiate a wedding, and um, uh, my best friends were there, and we uh, were introducing uh, each other to different people. I got introduced to a group of people I had heard about it, had heard about them, but I had never met them personally, and so uh, you have this moment where you know, you want somebody to know about your friend because you want them to see this person and hopefully this person thinks as much about your friend as you do. Anybody ever been excited to introduce their friend? Anybody excited to introduce your spouse to people? You just love talking about them. They've already heard about them all the time, but then when you actually meet them and you put them together, you're like, huh, huh, was I right? Right? Well, that's how I feel about the Holy Spirit. I feel about the Holy Spirit the same way I feel about my best friends, that, that I talk about him a lot, and I'm, 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 he's with me all the time. He lives on the inside of me, and when I meet other people, 
uh, when I'm talking to him about Jesus and then subsequently about the Holy Spirit, I'm like, you have to meet him. You'll love him. The, the, the problem is uh, uh, my, my, my real dear friend that lives on the inside of me gets a real bad rap. Because there's like a lot of people that have misrepresented him. And so there's been this reputation that has preceded him that has actually made people scared of him. In church! There's like a whole bunch of churches that won't even talk about him. As if he doesn't even exist. Because they're scared he's going to show up and do weird stuff. Well, he is kind of weird. And I'll talk about that in 202 and 303. I'll tell you all the weird stuff he does. But today I just want to introduce you to my friend. And I think he's worthy to be introduced because Jesus actually wanted to introduce his disciples to this same person. So everything I'm reading you is in red. Like if Jesus wants you to meet him, like if he says you should have this guy, you should probably get to know him. So, first of all, let's answer the question, who is he? Because that's, that's, that's when you, you, know, you introduce somebody, they're like, oh my goodness, well, who is he? Well, he's God. That's who he is. He's not like the side person in the Trinity. It's not God the Father, God the Son, and then this random guy that you can kind of choose or not choose. You can incorporate if you want to, but not if you don't want to. It's not like the meat, the veggie, and the carb that you can have or not have. I don't know if I want sweet potatoes or rice. I'm trying to eat healthy. Don't want to do too many carbs. Uh, no, he's God. It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's not it, the Holy Spirit. It's not something crazy, the Holy Spirit. He is God. That's who he is. Well, what does he do? I'm glad I asked. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does five things. We're going to read straight through the Bible, 14, chapters 14, 15, and 16. Not all the verses, but... Uh, uh, these select verses so you can understand uh, what he does. So write this down. The Holy Spirit does five things. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit does five things. Again, the Holy Spirit does five things. Little louder. The Holy Spirit does five things. Two more times. The Holy Spirit does five things. Raise the roof because the Holy Spirit does five things. I love y'all. The Holy Spirit does five things. Point number one, write this down. He leads us into truth. Here's what he says. This is Jesus talking. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. The first thing he does is he leads us into all truth. And the truth is not a philosophy, it's not an ideology, it is a person, and his name is Jesus. Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the, yes, 
and the life. Okay? So the Holy Spirit, when he leads people into truth, he's leading them to a person. The Holy Spirit is the only person that brings people to Jesus. That's just going to mess up every evangelist for the rest of their lives. I win souls to Christ. No, you don't. And we've erroneously taken a, a very simple verse out of the book of Proverbs, and he that winneth souls is wise, and, and, and made it seem like we can actually take credit for bringing, to somebody, bringing somebody to Jesus. And that's not what that verse means. That verse, better translated, means that the, a person that knows how to wins, win friends is wise. Well, you can be friendly without knowing Jesus, but anybody that comes to Jesus, the credit cannot be attached to a person on earth. It's attached to the Spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit. I've never preached the message good enough for somebody to give their life to the invisible man. I'm not that eloquent. There's never been a person alive eloquent enough to communicate the gospel till they believe that Jesus rose from the dead. The only person that can do that is the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what's amazing. Jesus uh, 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 took something as simple as communicating and decided to use that along with the Holy Spirit's power to bring people to him. Now, think about this. Paul, who's the most scholarly person in the New Testament, actually calls preaching foolishness. And there's a reason why he calls it foolishness. Because it is. It's, it should not work. I just want you to think about that. Every single weekend, we have a service. We have great worship. And then someone will come up and communicate the word. And inevitably, at the end, somebody will give their life to Jesus based on somebody opening up a book and talking about it. What? Somebody's going to actually believe in the virgin birth, the miracles, the resurrection, the ascension, because somebody got up here and yapped about it out of this book that was written a, a whole bunch of years ago? All these people showed up to church this morning because it's just a cool place to go? No, I think there is a stronger person at work behind all of this. And it ain't me. It's not the worship team. Y'all have been here since we had ugly red carpet. It ain't the building. It wasn't the high school. It was the person of the Holy Spirit bringing a community together because he brought us all to Jesus. He's the one that leads us to the truth. Here's some bullets on the screenshot that you can have. The Spirit continues Jesus' work by advising, defending, and protecting believers. That's just good to have. The Spirit continues Jesus' work by advising, defending, and protecting believers. The Spirit maintains Jesus' presence in the world, duplicating and sustaining Jesus' work. Now, I just want you to know, I didn't write that down. That sounds really cool and awesome. That came straight from my study Bible. I have an NLT study Bible. Get a good study Bible. I don't care if it's NIV, NLT, KJV, ESV, all the Vs. I don't care. Just get one. There's some great nuggets in a study Bible that you can have 
And I love the way they talk about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit maintains Jesus' presence in the world, duplicating and sustaining Jesus' work. Jesus said, I, I, I have to go, and we'll read about that in a moment. He's like, I'm leaving, but there's somebody that's going to continue that work, and it ain't you. Just want you to think about who the disciples were before they got the Spirit on the inside of them, right? When the Holy Spirit was uh, not indwelling them, they were able to do some pretty cool things, but they were still cowards. <laughs> it wasn't be- until they got the person on the inside that everything started to change. So that's point number one. Point number two, write this down. He teaches us and reminds us of what Jesus said. He teaches us and reminds us of what Jesus said. But when the Father sends the, sends the advocate as my representative, underline that if you have a, a paper uh, Bible, uh, if you have a highlighter in your uh, app or something, please underline that. Uh, sends the advocate as my representative. That is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. Point number two, he teaches us and reminds us of what Jesus said. There's only one reason why we have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It wasn't that the disciples had impeccable memories. It's that they spent time in the presence of Jesus, and after his death and subsequent resurrection and his ascension, something amazing happened. The Holy Spirit reminded them of everything Jesus said. Hey, uh, uh, Matthew, get some paper. I want you to write down for all these Jewish people everything Jesus said to you. Write it down. Are you ready? Chapter 1. It wasn't that Matthew just had a great memory. The Holy Spirit was reminding him of everything Jesus said. John, hey, John, you've lived the longest out of all the disciples. Everybody else has been killed and martyred, and here you are in your 80s or 90s, lived a long life. I want you to take all three years of Jesus' earthly ministry. I want you to write about it. Man, I'm 90, though. I don't know if I, you know, facts get kind of hazy. Don't worry. I'm going to remind you of everything Jesus said. How does that happen in our life? How, do, how does the Holy Spirit remind us of the things that Jesus said by us reading his word? The Holy Spirit can't remind you. <laughs> There's a key word there, remind. It has to be in your mind before you can be reminded. <laughs> There's so many people that are walking around going, I don't know the Bible and I don't... Uh, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. There, there, are, so many, um, there are so many times... Uh, in counseling sessions that I've done where somebody will tell me uh, that they're going through a situation and I'll ask them, do you have a word to stand on? Do you have a word from the Lord to stand on? And you know what they'll probably retort innocently, not in a bad way. You, you know, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I've been coming to church because I, I want to receive a word. You can receive a word every day. Your ears don't have to itch that long. You can open up your Bible and receive a word. And Jesus will remind you of his word. If you put this word on the inside of you, the Holy Spirit will go, hey, 
Isn't in the Bible somewhere? You don't have to have the, the address. That's what we have apps for. Just type in a keyword. It will pop back up. No one's telling you to be a Bible scholar, but we are saying open up the word. If you open up the word and read it, he will remind you of what he said. And we're not just talking about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus is Genesis to Revelation. And I don't have time to teach on that. I'll have to teach a series on Jesus another time. But the, so, so he reminds you uh, 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 of everything that Jesus has said. Now, uh, uh, take down this bullet. The Spirit will teach everything recalling Jesus's words and clarifying their meaning, John experienced this power uh, as he wrote his gospel. Christians experience this work of the Spirit as they read the Scriptures. So if you want to have the same type of experience that the disciples had, uh, read the Word of God, and when you read the Word of God, he will remind you of what it says. Y'all with me? Point number three, write this down. He testifies about Jesus. The Holy Spirit testifies about Jesus. Let me, let me just stop and say, uh, so many people don't get this introduction to the Holy Spirit. They hear all about his power and all about his gifts and don't know who he is as a person. Jesus doesn't mention any of that stuff in chapters 14, 15, and 16. He just talks about who he is as a person. He's God, and then what does he do? He does these things. He doesn't even say he has nine gifts that he's going to give the body of Christ. He doesn't talk about the, the power that he'll give you to do miracles and healings and all that kind of stuff. You know why? He wants you to enjoy him and be in love with him as a person for who he is, not just what he does. And there's too many people uh, uh, that, that have a, uh, a background where they just know about the power, and that's all they talk about is the power. That's all they want is the power, but they are not in love with the person. Well, how can you say that, Tim? They, they want his power, and, and the power is the person. The power and the person are two different things. He's a person who has power. But how can I tell that a person uh, only wants the power, but they don't want the person? Because they always are enamored with the gifts, but not the character. So you want all these moves of God, but you're not nice. Power, power, Lord, power, power, Lord, power, power, Lord, power, power, Lord. We need your power, power, Lord. We need your power, power, Lord. And after all of that, you mean. Just as rude as two left shoes. It doesn't make any sense. If the Holy Spirit, if, if, if look, my best friends, um, uh, we're so close. If, if someone meets them, they're meeting me. Their character is not so antithetical to mine that when I introduce, hey, here's my friend right here, and they're like, hi. <laughs> you guys know I'm a hugger, so they go in for a hug. Like, I don't like to hug. Get off of me. That's Tim. That ain't me. Get away from me with all that. That's your best friend? They're nothing like you. I, I see why some people are scared of spirit-filled churches. 
Because after they finish whatever they saw and then whatever they experienced, they go, that, Jesus is here? Because you're mean. Your parking lot person was mean. Your ushers were mean. The praise and worship leader screamed at me for 30 minutes. Don't look at me, you praise him. Oh, 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 I didn't, I'm, I'm, oh, wow, I didn't, I thought you were leading. I didn't know I was supposed to, I, I don't know who is, I don't, I haven't sung in a while, but if you want me, I don't know. What? Then the preacher gets up and tells you, you're all going to hell for 45 minutes, then starts ranting about something on television, then tells you what club not to go to, and then says, who want Jesus? Not me. I'm good. I'm not from here. I probably want him, but I don't, probably don't want him from, because he hasn't, mm-mm. If he's your dear friend, you should look like him. I'm not saying you're supposed to be perfect, but there's no way you can tell me you have a vibrant relationship with the Holy Spirit and you're just mad all the time. You're just salty for no reason. It makes no sense. Okay? He testifies about Jesus, okay? But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. That's point number three. He testifies about Jesus. This is very, 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 very important. Here's the reason why. You have to have the Holy Spirit. And I know you all have the Holy Spirit. If you can say Jesus is Lord, then you have the Holy Spirit. B because there's only one way to prove it. You weren't there when he got up. He says, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to testify about me. Why is he going to testify? Because he's the one that got me up. Romans 8, 11, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in me. He testifies that Jesus got up because he's the one that got him up. He testifies that it was a virgin birth because he's the one that got Mary pregnant. Some of y'all are like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Short-circuited my brain. Don't tweet that. <laughs> it's a longer explanation than 140 characters. The Holy Spirit got <laughs> Mary pregnant. He testifies that Jesus actually did those miracles and they happened. Because he's the one that made it happen. Oh, Lord, I'm trying to teach this. Do you know that Jesus was spirit-filled? If he needed him. Break this down. Okay. All right. So here's what had happened. Okay. Jesus is born, but he's filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Okay. Because he was in a body, he limited. See, y'all think he's Superman and he just went around flying around. Dun, 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 dun. I'm Jesus. I know everything. Because he was in a body, he limited himself to the same parameters we're limited to. 
So he could do nothing in his earthly ministry without depending on the same person he's telling us to depend on. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus needed him. There's not one miracle that Jesus did that did not require the Holy Spirit's assistance. There wasn't anything that Jesus did that the Holy Spirit wasn't present. He's the one that allowed him to do everything that you read about in Scripture. And here's what Jesus is saying. You've been with me while all this is going on, but I'm going to leave. And when I leave, I'm going to leave you with the person that was doing all this stuff in this body. Because you won't do none of it without him. Okay? So three is, uh, he testifies about Jesus, okay? Now write this down because this is really, really important. Uh, like a legal advocate, the Holy Spirit counsels and protects Jesus' followers. I got to stop right there because this word advocate, a lot of people have translated it uh, to be comforter. And they think about comforter like, oh, there, there, poor baby. Sit on the couch. What's wrong? Who hurt you? I'm here for you. That's not the kind of comforter he is. When Jesus says, I'm sending the advocate to be my representation, here's what he's saying. I have to go away, uh, and your legal advice is coming. I'm sending the greatest lawyer that has ever been here. And he's going to be the one that leads you and guides you into all truth. He's going to protect Jesus' followers by giving them their rights. So lawyers do. They show up and they speak for you. Uh, I, uh, sir, uh, I, I refuse to talk until I have legal representation. Ever heard that? Okay. So I just want you to think about whatever trial or circumstance that the enemy is trying to make you speak on. Here's your response. Uh, I refuse to talk until my legal representation shows up. I don't feel like talking until the Holy Spirit gives me a word about this situation. Once he shows up and gives me a word, uh, I will then repeat that word because I don't want a word curse on me because I'm in my emotions. I want God's word on me because I'm in the spirit. I'm feeling this today. I'm so happy. I told you I was happy. Okay. So, uh, 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 so, so, so that's the first bullet. Here's the second one. Disciples are not alone. Yay! Disciples are not alone when they testify about Christ. Uh, about Christ, the Spirit accompanies them, providing the words to say. It's so good. I love it. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. The legal represent, representation shows up. And here's what he says. Hey, you don't have the right to remain silent. You have the right to speak as a diplomatic citizen of heaven. Uh, your dad opened his mouth and everything was. And so you have to open your mouth and confess. Do you, do, you do understand. That's why uh, uh, it says in Romans chapter number 10, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Why is that there is an attachment there? Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, then you are saved. It's not just because you thought about it, but because you actually articulated it. That's where salvation comes from. So he says, uh, I'm going to give you what to say. So that's, that's number three. Point number four, write this down. He convicts the world of sin. He convicts the world 
of sin. Man, this is going to, oh, I hope this frees you. He convicts the world of sin, John 16 and 8. And when he comes, he will convict the world of, the, of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Now, just underline that. He will convict the world of its sin. Not me. Him. Not me every single Sunday going down a list of all the usual suspect sins you could ever do, hoping you feel bad about it. He convicts people of their sins. I remember I was in a series once on grace, and the Holy Spirit started convicting somebody about a, a lifestyle that they were in that wasn't pleasing to God. I, I was talking, no, I wasn't, thank you, Holy Spirit. I wasn't talking about grace. I was talking about giving. I was on the topic of giving, and the Holy Spirit was, was actually convicting somebody of uh, an, an, an immoral lifestyle that they were in. Uh, so they come to me in private, and they said, hey, we need to have a conversation. Now, again, I'm in a series on giving. And, and they were like, hey, um, I'm being convicted of this lifestyle that I'm in, uh, and I just want to know what to do about it. And I'm like, really? Because I'm talking about giving. And, and they were like, yeah, well, I, I need to repent. And so we, we prayed and we processed it, and they made a decision to come out of that moral life, immoral lifestyle and, and to walk uh, with the Holy Spirit with a, with a renewed uh, commitment uh, and devotion to God. I didn't do that. I wasn't in the pulpit, hey, y'all shacking up, y'all out there having sex and things, <laughs> doing all this crazy stuff, you're going to go to hell. I just delivered the good news, because it's good. If it don't sound good, it's not good. Ice cream sounds good. Hey, I got good news, ice cream after service. Yay! Hey, I got good news, liver after service. See? It's not good news. You don't get an amen off liver after service. Nobody's going to be in the foyer, yes, I was couldn't wait for the liver day. <laughs> Tired of all this cappuccino and these cupcakes. When is somebody going to provide me with my daily dose of iron? Nobody's <laughs> doing this. He convicts the world of its sin. And he does a way better job at it than I do. He convicts me of my sin. This is like, like, not like a one-and-done thing. Gave your life to Jesus, and all of a sudden, you're not convicted anymore. If you, have a, if you get my friend in your life, he, oh, he's going to get in your life. <laughs> and he's kind of good at it because he lives there. You can fool people that you don't live with. You can even fool people that you live with. You can't fool nobody that lives in you. <laughs> Walking around thinking something, he's like, don't think that. You're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Because he lives up there with you. <laughs> Flicking channels, don't look at that. You're like, ah! <laughs> you know what. <laughs> Anybody beside me? <laughs> That's how he rolls. It's so frustrating. Okay. Here's a bullet point for that. The Spirit unveils to the world the real nature of its sin, the truth about righteousness, 
found only in God, and the coming judgment which has already dawned on the world as light penetrating the darkness. Okay? So, so he is the one that convicts the world of its sin. If you are praying for a loved one, love on them and then sick the Holy Spirit on them. You don't have to keep confronting them. Can't believe you. Keep doing that. <laughs> You're breaking God's heart. Okay, just love them where they are, and then go sick the Holy Spirit on them. Go get them, Holy Spirit. You're a better stalker than I'll ever be. Because you are omnipresent. You can be everywhere at once. I'm going to bed. I'm not putting trackers on people and checking on iPhones. You weren't where you said you was at 11.06. I'm going to bed. And if the Holy Spirit can't get you, bye. That's how I feel. Okay. Y'all get anything out of this? Okay, great, great. Okay. Uh, uh, point number five, and then we'll go bye-bye. Uh, he tells us what Jesus is saying now. If you're writing that down, nerds rule the world. Put that in all caps. He tells us what Jesus is saying now. Now, I've been teaching this for 21 years. I've been teaching about the Holy Spirit for 21 years. But, but for some reason, this lit me up uh, uh, as I was preparing for this message. This is John 16, 13 through 15. When the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all truth. He already told us that. He will not speak on his own, he will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Now, a lot of people think this has to do with prophecy, right? And so everybody shows up, what's the Holy Spirit going to say? I need, I need a word for my life. I need a breakthrough. I need a word for my life, okay? The future could be tomorrow. It could be the very next day. And he didn't say you're going to come to church and get a word. He said he's going to talk to you, yourself. That way you don't get dependent on a preacher. We show up on the weekend so we can be in community with each other, not for you to be dependent on me for a word. If we're discipling you right, you should grow up and be dependent on this book, not on me to give it to you. Okay? He wants to talk to you personally, and I don't have any superpowers. The Lord doesn't love me more because I'm the senior pastor of this church. We're all ambassadors functioning out of this embassy, and he wants to speak to each and every single one of us about what's going on in our lives. So here's what it says. Um, uh, he speaks, uh, okay, he, he will speak not on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me joy. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Point number five, uh, he tells us what Jesus is saying. Can you imagine that? I just want you to think about this, right? Okay, okay, okay. God is on the throne. Okay? Jesus is on his right hand. Okay? And, and he's, next time he get, comes off this throne, it's on. Okay? You just need to know that. If Jesus stands up and gets off that throne, it is on. There's a white horse up there. 
just chilling in heaven, waiting. Like, you tell me when we're going to ride. <laughs> Ooh, that tickled me. Ooh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> you tell me when we're going to ride, we're going to ride, okay? I guess how horses can talk in heaven. <laughs> Mr. Ed is up there. <laughs> a horse is a horse, of course, of course. Nick at night, never mind. Okay. Come back, Tim. So, uh, when he stands up, he's going to come back. Until then, he's sitting down. I don't know how he does it. Maybe he leans over. Hey, Holy Spirit, go tell Kristen. Go tell Kristen not to quit that job. Hey, Holy Spirit, go, go tell Bobby. Go tell Bobby to forgive his dad. Tell him it ain't worth it. Tell him to go forgive his dad. He wants to talk to you. About your life, like right now. I'm not talking about like no prophetic word. <laughs> and then the Lord said there's going to be a breakthrough, and God's going to do mighty whoop de do. What about Thursday? I'm glad you're about to be the best, most anointed prophetess of the land. What's going to happen Tuesday at ten? I started thinking about all the times the Holy Spirit wanted to talk to me about regular stuff. I remember when I first moved out here, I finally got my own place. I lived on on this street, on Beltline. If you go down about another mile, there's uh, to the right, there are some apartments. It's right after Walnut Hill. There's some apartments called Glen Arbor Apartments. It's first place, independent Ross man, first place I lived on my own. I felt mighty. Yes. So I went, over, I went over there, and I walked in the door, I sat down, and I, 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 wanted, I knew my, what my bills were, and so I wanted the smallest apartment that they had. She said, all those apartments are sold out uh, or being occupied at this time, and so I can give you the, biggest one, the, the next one up. Well, the next one up was going to make my budget very, very tight. I could swing it, but I was going to be eating, like, you know, turkey with no bread, like just... <laughs> straight protein, okay? Um, so, so I sit, so I'm like, well, I need a spot. So, so I write down uh, everything, and, and uh, they tell me, come back and make sure you have your deposit, da, da, da. Couple days later, I come back, I sit down, the lady's printing up all the paperwork, okay? And, you know, initial here, initial here, initial here, and then the Holy Spirit just says, hey, ask her about the smaller apartment. And I, and <laughs> we all do this with him, because this is what you do with your friends. Right? Your friends try to give you advice, and you're like, no, I'm good. (laughs) We all do it, okay? And we do it with him, because he's a person, and that's why we start going back and forth. You know, your friend's trying to tell you something, just trying to help, and that's that's all the Holy Spirit's trying to do is help. And so the Holy Spirit's like, hey, ask about the smaller apartment. And I was like, well, no, because I was here like two days ago, and they said they were all filled. Now, mind you, this is the Holy Spirit telling me this. It's not Corey. It's the Holy Spirit. Probably would have argued with Corey for like 15 minutes. Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is saying this, he should probably know. But here I am, because sometimes you get familiar with your friend. No, I don't want to be, she already printed out all the stuff. I don't want to have to. More paperwork for her, trying to be polite. I was still a people pleaser back then. I've been delivered from that. Don't try that now. It would not work. Um, uh, so, so 
<laughs> and, and so the Holy Spirit was like, ask her about the smaller apartment. He asked me, he told me about four times. And so then I was like, hey. That's <laughs> 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 what happens when you just don't obey the Holy Spirit, right? When he tells you. you <laughs> <laughs> hey, before I sign the last thing, um, do, do, uh, is, that, is the smallest apartment still available? And she was like, I can't believe you asked. This morning, the guy called in. He, he knows someone else in this apartment, so he's going to room with him. It just became available this morning. They're cleaning it right now. Do you want to go into that apartment? I was like, yeah. <laughs> that woman ripped that paperwork up and switched us to the, the next apartment, and, and I was in. Because Jesus was on the throne, and he cares about which apartment I can afford. The king of the universe who died for my sins cares about what apartment I live in. What? Give you one more. Uh, 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 as you all know, May 1st was my 18th uh, wedding anniversary. I've known Juliet for 19 years, been married for 18 years. Okay. So uh, a couple of weeks before the wedding, this was April of 1999, um, her, her, we only had one car, okay? And uh, it was her car. I'll, I'll tell you the whole story later about how when I met my wife, I didn't have a job or a car, uh, and she just took a chance on me. Okay, so that's why I love her, and I'm never leaving her, and it's just amazing. Okay, you're welcome. So, um, uh, so I'm, uh, so we're we're driving her car. It was a it was a Chevy Cavalier, and it was a, it was in her mom's name. It was a Chevy Cavalier, but the alignment was so bad that when you held the steering wheel. The right bicep <laughs> contracted and got such a workout for one reason and one reason only. We didn't want to die. <laughs> that alignment was so bad that if you were driving down the street and did like that, you would make the hardest left turn <laughs> you have ever seen in your life and you'd die. There's no two ways around it. You would be dead. You would die. Okay, so, so this is how we drove. Okay, so we had gone downtown Dallas to get some uh, to get some high heels for her. So it's 2017. You got to clarify everything. In 2017, you got to clarify everything. Okay, so we were coming back up. Now we we stayed in Carrollton. Now here we are coming up. Um, what was it? It, it? I guess that would be. Uh, 114, and then it, it'll split to 183, and you can keep on going up 114. So uh, I'm coming up 114, and the Holy Spirit says, go to David McDavid Honda off 183. And I'm like, <laughs> right, right now? You want me to go now? Go to David and McDavid Honda right now. So Juliet has, you know, her heels in her lap, and I'm like, hey, babe, we're going to go, we're going to go left. <laughs> Which, if I'd have let it go, we would have. <laughs> I just thought about that. We would have left anyway. Um, 
It just wouldn't have been graceful, you know. <laughs> so uh, I said, I think the Holy Spirit said, go to David McDavid. And she was like, okay. And so, uh, and thank you. Let me just say this real quick. Here's how you know the Holy Spirit speaking to you. If it like kind of works out, that was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> if it doesn't work out, that was you. <laughs> Don't blame that on God. That was just you. Just say that, that was bad pizza, my bad. Okay. So we go to David McDavid. We get to David McDavid. And uh, we get out of the car. I have no idea. What the, I'm just like. I'm just here because you told me to be here. So we're walking around. The first salesman comes out. You know how salesmen are. Hey, how you doing? Can I help you with anything? And the Holy Spirit said, don't talk to him. So, you know, I'm a literalist. <laughs> so I'm like. <laughs> no, Tim, you could actually say something. Just don't clarify. Okay. You made me, you know. So, uh, uh, so I said, no, thank you. We're doing okay. And so, we, we're, and Juliet's just with me. We're just, we don't have no money. We don't, what are we doing here, right? About five minutes later, uh, a, a, a lady comes out. Hey, may I help you? Has anybody helped you yet? The Holy Spirit said, talk to her. Four and a half hours later, we drove off in a brand new Honda Accord, two-door, sunroof. I remember it was our first car together. Leather, everything, with the steering that went straight. <laughs> you could take your hand off the steering wheel, it was still going in a straight line. We didn't know how to deal with that. My muscle was twitching in the car, like, I, I don't have to, what, why? Okay. Now, here was the thing that was miraculous. It was in my mother's name. The title was in my mother's name. There's no way they should have gave us the car. My, mother, my mother-in-law would have had to have been present for that to uh, transpire. The lady was like, don't worry, just go get her, bring her back, da da da, da. We just want to give you the car. Y'all are so nice. The king of the universe who bled out on the cross for my sins, leans over and says, hey, I don't need Tim's bicep bulging that much. <laughs> Tell him to go to David McDavid Honda. And we get a car, okay? He wants to speak to you now about what's going on now, about what you're facing now about who you're dating now, about who you're married to now, about where you work now, about what you won't let go now, about those secrets no one knows. That's the best introduction I could give you to my friend. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you would like to know more about Embassy City Church, please visit us at embassycity.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Embassy Irving.